When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are back. Tony, we're with a K-pop superstar today. Mm. Do you know much about K-pop? I do not. You don't? Um, I do not. <laughs> it's, it's the biggest emerging music genre trend beast it's huge. out there. And we're here with Amber Liu. Ooh. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Amber, Hi, you are the first person we've had that is a part of the genre of K-pop. I, it's so funny. Like It's it's like you just asked, like, can I call you K-pop superstar? And I'm like, it's just so dramatic every time I hear it. I know. Um, it's like K-pop superstar. I, I'm like, yeah, I'm a K-pop star. I say it, it sounds it. so weird coming from my mouth. Can you explain what K-pop is? And because a lot of people... Yeah maybe think oh that's what that is yeah but so k-pop is just generally it's just korean pop music and i think what it's kind of turned into now is like it's like a culture of like there's not only the flashing lights the crazy concepts but like the makeup um the like the colors so it's it, the dancing i think is also one big thing so uh you have all these parts put together and then Korean music and you have K-pop. And you ended up in a K-pop group without yeah. speaking Korean or yeah. living in Korea. Yes. But then you moved for the group. Yes. How did that happen? So um, I was, uh, I grew up in the Valley in, um, in LA and I was just walking around and uh, basically someone tapped me on the shoulder, spoke to me in Korean. I did not understand what was going on. My best friend was Korean, luckily translated for me, said that they were, um, uh, scouting from, um, a big agency. And I was just like, this is a sign from God. So, um, and wow. I, I love music. So I always played, uh, I did church music. Um, and I was played music in church. Oh my gosh. I cannot English. But then were you listening <laughs> to K-pop music at the time? Yeah. Um, so I did know about K-pop. Um, I actually just had this whole, like, I think I was like 12. I was 12 um, when I started listening to more like uh, Asian music. So not only J-pop, C-pop, K-pop, like like Viet, Thai, like everything. Because I, I just kind of was like, I'm very out of touch with like my Asian like side. Because I, I grew up like in the States and I was pretty much just like only speaking English. Uh, my parents only spoke Chinese with a little bit of English. So I was like, I should kind of get to know my roots a little bit. And then when I was 15, that's when the scouting thing happened. I was like, Hey, this could be an, uh, an opportunity to. So like, they learn. literally were like, okay. And did you think at first oh, it's LA, it's kind of weird. This can't be that real. I've, I kind of already knew that 
a lot of people were scouted that way. So on the street, I, yeah, on the street, you know, Giselle Bunchen, you know, the supermodel from Brazil, mm -hmm. she, uh, you know, became the biggest supermodel in the world. Uh, they found her in a mall. Some scouting oh. agent went up to her in a mall. No way. Changed her life. And <laughs> yeah. also Amber's life. <laughs> Amber. It did. So you, so you literally at, by the time they tapped you on the shoulder mm -hmm. to the point you moved, was mm -hmm. it to Korea? Uh, so yeah, it was to Korea. Um, I, there was skepticism a little bit. And plus like, you know. What did your parents think? They were just like, number one, you like music? <laughs> Uh, cause I'm like, my parents and I were kind of distant growing up cause of the like whole language barrier. But, uh, I, I was just like, well, can I at least try? So they're like, well, if you get straight A's and work hard in school, like, you know, you can do whatever you want. Mm. Um, and we'll just try to support you through everything. So, you know, got the straight A's worked, tried my best to, uh, you know, just let my parents know that I'm serious about this. And, uh, they let me go to the audition and there's a couple processes. Um, what was the audition like? So they basically told me to go to one of their open auditions that they had, which was actually in the OC. So drove like my dad drove me an hour and a half out <laughs> to the OC, did the audition. They remembered me. Um, OC and then, being Orange County, California. Orange County, yes. And then, uh, a second one was more of a private audition and, uh, they would just basically make you do more things like sing more songs, like kind of do like modeling poses, uh, dance. I did not know how to dance. And then I just basically two stepped back and forth and clapped. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just like talked about myself a little bit and then I didn't hear back for like a couple months. And then suddenly like, Hey, we like you. We want you to come to Korea. So that was basically and kind you were of how old I was 15 at the time. Wow. So you moved to Korea at 15. Yeah. And did your parents go with you? My dad went with me this time. He yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, for that and how time. long did he go with you? He went with me for the month. And then from then on, it was just me alone. In <laughs> Korea. Yeah. Man. And it, it had to have been exciting. Yeah. For me, I was like, let's go. I'm away from my parents. I get to do just you train dropped out of high school. Yeah. Oh, I, I still work, but I, uh, I made a deal with my parents. I still had to finish homeschooling. So got it. I, I got my G uh, my high school school homeschooling. I, I got my <laughs> diploma by like, I think 16. So I was fine. And I was already in a lot of like, you know, not to toot my own horn. It's I was, an honors classes. Uh, yeah. Already, I, was in that, so <laughs> I, gotcha. I had my creds. So, so, so you get out to Korea and then now you're meeting these other women who are part of your group because yeah. it's an all girl group, right? At the time, or is this a group that had. So we, so there was basically like a bunch of girl trainees and a girl, a bunch of guy trainees. We don't know who's going to be in what. And God, so they just pulled random people. Yeah. It was basically like they were producing shows and you're a character in whatever that show, in this case, a band or group is. Yeah, it, it's basically like that. And they'll basically piece you together with other uh, other people. Um, at one point, I was considered for male, like a male, like co-ed group. Uh, it, it always changes every week. It's just like, because people, some people would, leave and stay. So the dynamic is always changing. Um, I remember three of my members were ready in their kind of like preset little group, um, that the company put them together, um, in. And then, uh, later on I, I was added in my, one of my other members was added in and then that became a thing. And then like also right when we're about to debut, there was consideration to switch some members. So it's like, you never know. Yeah, I always found it interesting. I worked uh, behind the scenes on the mm -hmm. show X Factor for a few seasons. 
and uh, they put together this group, Fifth Harmony. Hmm. Um, they were called something else initially. Um, and, you know, I played sports growing up, so I got to choose my high school. Mm-hmm. I got to choose if I wanted to stay on the team or go to another school. And, like, there was enough players on the team that I could figure out who I was friends with and mm-hmm. who I got along with. A lot of the groups today, they basically say, here is your group. Mm-hmm. That is your shot. Take yeah. it or leave it. Yeah. This is your group. This is your job. You came out here. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. You have no choice. Yeah. To choose who you have chemistry with. Yeah. Who you can create art with. Mm-hmm. You're kind of just forced into a situation. And if you put me with three strangers, and let's say we were all doing a coaching event. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine how much conflict there may be. Not not saying there was a ton of conflict, but just it's got to be exhausting. Yeah, I I think that's what when people like the like especially like being in the K-pop industry for so long, you see a lot of like people just not renewing their contracts and it's like They're just over it. It's just like I think in the end like not to like let fans down, but that's, it is part of the business there. It is basically strangers being put together in a group. Sometimes like very fortunately, like I'm, I'm, I'm really good friends with my group. Mm -hmm. Like we, I think because our group was very like, uh, like international, uh, we had, because of the language barrier, we had to communicate somehow. And we had to understand that like, okay, we have to be there for each other Um, and we, we did have our fights, we did have our arguments, but like, it was like, but we still have to like come together and do our best and still be like chill with each other. Cause we wanted to understand each other. Right. And I think that's why I'm very blessed to have my group. I, I can't say for every single group, it's like that. I know that a lot of groups, um, after they, um, disbanded or left their companies, they became closer friends. Um, so there is that whole personal aspect that, you know, my fans have seen me grow up on mm-hmm. camera. I was 15, so I'm like 28 now. And I'm it's emotional for them and it is emotional for me. And uh I sometimes like, you know, your your artist, your favorite artist doesn't like stay with the group. And it's something that like, oh, that does happen. And it it's probably not because of the fans, not because of the group. It's because of some politics that happen, or they just don't want to be in the industry anymore. Yeah. And what what was kind of the the surprises for you in terms of being in a you know being a, a star in K-pop? Uh, I didn't know how. Like, I think I underestimated how much more stressed I would be because I didn't understand. Because I would be in TV recordings or show recordings, interviews, and I just like don't understand because uh, K- Korean is my third language. Uh, I speak English and then Mandarin and then Korean. Uh, I just would just be like, I have no idea what's going on. And then I would have people like coming at me needing an answer now. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Um, and then like I have this, I developed this like self-pressure to be like, I have to understand. So I'm always trying to like listen um, I'm actually struggling like now, like when I go to China, like my Mandarin isn't perfect either. So I'm always trying to like, like, like pay attention. Um, so just know like how important communication is. I know it's a very like boring thing to no, say. No, no, but it's I really mean, I hard. think it's helpful in terms of, of course, if you live in another country and you yeah. don't speak the language, I always admire people that come to the U S mm-hmm. uh, from other countries because I can't imagine 
trying to make it or communicate yeah. when it's not your first language and you're having to learn a new language. Um, but I also imagine at a certain point when you're in a group and there it's a business, mm-hmm. um, that it has to get pretty exhausting because you're yeah. probably, from my understanding in K-pop, it is a grind. Yeah. Like it is, you're the product, you're the business and there's expectations <laughs> yeah. of how you operate. Yeah. Um, I think, like it's equivalent, like now that I've had some time away, I left uh, my label, uh, I think like about two, two years ago. Um, and was that your choice? It was my choice. Yes. You were like, I'm um, out. Yeah. I, I think it was just like, I, I wanted to pursue other things. Um, I do still keep in touch with my members, but I just wanted to, I think I needed to do my thing. Yeah. Um, and I, th- uh, from just like kind of, sorry, what were we talking about earlier? <laughs> well, what I was saying was, um, what is kind of, um, were oh, you grind. burned out? Like, oh, were, yeah, the were grind. you burned out? Was that what, cause, cause you were talking to me beforehand that you, you know, you were getting jaded and kind yeah. of. Uh, I, I, I was, it's so crazy. Like when people ask me like, what's your most memorable moment? I kind of don't remember anything. I was basically we would just wake up at like five, three, 5 AM, go do makeup, kind of like fall asleep in the makeup chair. Cause we've been doing it ready for so many weeks. Um, and then we would go from job to job, just driving around. Like our managers, our road managers were tired too. Like they would get like the least amount of sleep. Right. They would also have to take care of not only me, but like four other girls. Um, imagine other groups, like it's like 10 members, like 13 members, like everybody's exhausted. And, um, sometimes we would go like six, seven jobs a day going from radios to like interviews to the TV station and then going back to another interview, then going back to the TV station to finish up that job and then to go out to another show. It's, it's just tiring. And, um, I just, and how I, do you, how did you figure out who you were during that period of time being that from my experience with groups yeah, uh, in this business, there is a perception of people going, this is who you are and this is the role we want you to play in this group. How much room was there for you to feel like you could really be yourself? Uh, well, also being a teenager, I don't think I actually even knew who I was. I just kind of, number one, I think I was number one, too tired to even think about it. Cause it's like, we have a job at hand. We have to do this now. So let's just do it. Like, this is the clothes you're giving me. Okay, fine. So by the time, like, I think I actually had some time to think about it. I was like, wait, this really isn't me. And I don't know who I am. Do you remember a moment where you felt like this really isn't me? Mm, I think it was, uh, it was not to self-promote. It was actually a song that I wrote called Beautiful. Um, I wrote that actually on my birthday. And I, it was like a, it's a, it's a very positive song. Cause I, I actually like wrote it alone. Cause I was alone. I hate birthdays, by the way. Like I hate every holiday. I hate everything. I'm learning now to kind of enjoy it. I always say, you know what you should do? I always say the American birthday song is the worst song on earth. <laughs> like it is the most boring um, song ever. Same with the Pledge of Allegiance. I feel like they could spice it up a bit and make it a little more fun. <laughs> it's just not fun. To s- the happy yeah. birthday song. It's like, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's like row, row, row your boat, you know? Yeah. Um, so you wrote the song beautiful. And it was, oh yeah, I was just talking about like, 
I I feel like it was talk, like it actually was triggered by I have a lot of scars on my legs because I used to skateboard when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So my 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 makeup artist would always be like you know kind of like making it not visible, and I was yeah. like you know what you know even though my scars are there, I'm beautiful, and I think that that's okay. And I had this epiphany that like why do I have to be like so perfect? Um, I'm, even though it's been years since I wrote that song, it's still something that I think I put it out there because I wanted to remind myself. Mm. Um, it's actually kind of funny every time, like, um, I'm having a bad day and some of my fans like retweet at me or like repost things. It's about like a song that I wrote in the past. And I'm like, wait, I did say that I should. And I kind of remind myself. So it's like, not that like I've had this epiphany and I'm changing. It's more like I thought about this. And I want to remind myself, so I put it out there and hope, hopefully like my music can serve as a reminder, not only for myself, but for people who are out there struggling with, you know, who they are. Mm-hmm. Hey, all you true crime fans, this is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morphe. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. So there was not a specific moment when you felt like this isn't me. It was more just a, a, just kind of grew and grew. It kind of grew. It was like, it kind of just like the, the balloon balloon inflated to a certain point. And now it's just kind of, it just like, it didn't pop. It's just, I think I've developed, like, as you said about the grind, it's, I've like, I'm trying to unlearn this really toxic habit of myself of like where I work till I'm burnt out, where I work till I'm basically like, I can't stand up anymore or I can't think. Um, because I was taught like, if you're not like, if you're not dying, you're not working hard enough. And I still feel bad for taking breaks. Like I, this weekend I, I, I was like, you know, I'm blocking out my weekend, uh, because I really should take a break. Mm. And the whole time during the whole weekend, I was just feeling bad that I wasn't working. And it's been like a, it's something that I've learned in therapy to like take it a day at a time. You can only do so much. You can't control what you can't control, but it's still like, it's, I'm still feeling like, wow, this is so much more deep rooted than I thought. So what, what are you feeling challenges with today? What do you struggle with? I think I'm such a, like my manager always tells me, he's like, Amber, you're such like a, you just, you're just like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cause I'm always down to do anything. Mm-hmm. I think I've, I think the reason why I'm down to do so many things is because I've already done so many things. Um, I've been in, I've been in jobs where I'm completely just uncomfortable, but I'm still like, I still did it. I'm like, well, why not just do it again? You know? Mm. Um, and I think I just stretched myself so thin, um, that I, I hear this person's opinion, this person's opinion, this person's opinion. And I, it's kind of hard to hear. Yeah. What is, what, what is the opinion that is hard for you to hear right now that you kind of get reactive around mm, that I should like, that I should be a certain way. I think like, like I should dress like this. I should look like this. And who says that? I think not only like, I think it comes like more as a joke from friends. Um, like definitely people who I work with, they, some people who word it 
word it weirdly, like kind of do hurt my feelings, but I know they don't intend to, but definitely people like online. Um, I know with people who I work with for the first time, uh, you know, depending on who they are, they might just be really mean about it. Um, but yeah, a lot, just I've, I've grown up like listening to like, you're a boy and I'm all like, well, I guess I have to play the guy role then, you know? I think that's what, and that's, I think when we talked about off camera, like I'm, I'm very jaded. I think, I I think I realize I'm very jaded. And when you say jaded, let's just like pull it apart a little bit. Cause I know this also taps into you when you're saying people labeling you, you're a boy or dress this way because, and why, why do people call you a boy? I think it's because I am like, I'm androgynous. Like I, I do like people say that like, um, like, am I trying to be a guy? And I'm like, no, I just really like pants. <laughs> um, I just don't like dresses. I think dresses, like, I think kind of like traumatized me when I was little because it would blow up. And then I don't the, blame you. You know, it's like, if I was, if, if I had the option, which I do, I could wear a dress today. Yeah. I would much rather wear pants than yeah. a dress. They're more comfortable. Yeah. Sweats are great. <laughs> yeah. Sweats. Like, I'm in sweats like if right you want to wear the dress, you, you go look sexy and sh- like, you know, do your thing in that dress. Like I respect that. But like, for me, it's just like, just because I didn't wear a dress and I had short, I had short hair because I played sports. Like, like after a while, like running track with a ponytail, like I was just like, nah, just chop it off, <laughs> you know? And, uh, I, I, I was always really active as a kid. I played basketball, I ran track, I skateboard, I played tennis, swam. I did everything. Cause I, I just like moving. Like I just can't, I can't stay still. So what, so, so in terms of this jaded, like yeah. describe it to me, what does that mean? Like I, like people always say I'm a boy, like, like, um, that, uh, when you, but, but what I'm saying is there's something with yeah. the being called a boy and in, in this idea of being jaded. So like your definition of jaded, what would it be? Um, I think that people can label me whatever they want. And I just like, I'm just scared of fighting it now. No, no, but like, the I, word jaded. Oh, jaded. Jaded. I'm just word, tired. Tired. And like, I'm just very tired. Annoyed. Annoyed. I'm now to the point indifferent. The uh, going back to like being people calling me a guy, like that's someone one that like I'm the most jaded about. And I know that um, like right now with uh, people with their pronouns, like it's something to respect. And it's like, that's something that like, I would like to be called a girl. I would like to be people to tell, like, I would tell people like I am a girl, but then when people do go back to the whole, like, you're a guy, I'm just like, (sighs) it's like one of those, like, I can't, it's, it's very tiring, like from left and right. Um, and I know I can't control what someone else says about me. I can only hope that they can learn to respect my boundaries, but I can't like control them. And I'm just kind of like, I know for years and years. What's the benefit of being called a boy? None. <laughs> like I, I just, I'm just like, it's not who I am. Um, and being I. Being androgynous, for well, example. Like, like, I think one thing that I'm realizing these days is that like, I want to like, because I was always like, I, I am, I am a girl and, um, but growing up with this tomboy mentality, um, or like being labeled as a tomboy, people expect things from you. And like, you know, they, I was bullied as a kid because I looked like a guy, but it's just like, I do, I I do like makeup too. It's just maybe not your style of makeup. I do like 
playing dress up. I think one of my friends, um, uh, Irene, who's a model, she put it the best way is that like, Amber, like you don't, you can be whoever you want. You can wear one of my dresses and it doesn't have to be who you are. It's just something you put on and it's something that makes you feel pretty for a moment and just take it as that. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. Like I, and I've been like, I was scared to show skin because like, you know, though, like I should be this like cool, like person like like i'm also very insecure about my body i had to stay under a certain weight um while being in um in in the k-pop industry and i had to i had developed a lot of bad eating disorders and it's so it's like you you call me a guy but you also put label me as a girl so like what do you want from me is it is it more girls or guys that call you a guy it's both both I think probably a lot, maybe the guys call you a guy because you got your swag is on point. That's probably <laughs> yeah. what it is. Like you have swag yeah. and that's oh, awesome. Like, thank you. <laughs> I think I, I love girls that have swag. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think it's dope. Like you don't always have to wear a dress and heels. Yeah. Like it, you have swag. Own it. I mean, but that sucks that people call you a guy when it's like, yo, I'm a, I'm a girl. Like, come on. Yeah. It's like, I think when people say it, like, I've been learning to read through two people's intentions. And I think that's what's like, I think one skill that actually a lot of people don't have Mm -hmm. that I'm actually very blessed to have, I guess, learned naturally is like words are words, but also intentions are extremely important. And that's why I always like, are you joking or are you just like, yeah, which is interesting because what it sounds like, what bothers you is someone intentionally trying to hurt your feelings. It's not that it's just the overall genre of um, I want to upset you and you know that they're trying to upset you and it's actually upsetting that they would even try. Yeah. It's not necessarily even the words. Mm -hmm. It's someone's intention behind it that they would want to hurt your feelings. Yeah. Would that be accurate? Yeah. I guess that's what it is. If they can dig around and go, I'm going to get, I'm going to upset her. And what annoys me is that it does upset me, you know, because I am But it doesn't upset you because of uh an insecurity i would say it upsets you potentially well it could it could yeah but it also could be that uh you're when someone tries to bully us Mm -hmm. and if we read into it it can tap into that part of us that maybe feels like we're not enough Mm -hmm. and when that happens we feel hurt and we get upset yeah and then we get angry yeah and then we get numb and then we get a little jaded yeah. <laughs> and then we think we're good. Mm-hmm. That happens again. And over time, when that button is hit over and over and over again, we either give up, give in, or we just set boundaries around it all so mm-hmm. that we can feel better about ourselves and not allow the 2% mm-hmm. to affect us emotionally. Yeah. I I feel like definitely, as you said, that that 2%, it is true. It's like when you're going through like comments on social media, it's like you have like a lot of comments that are positive and just that one comment can just Mm -hmm. really just destroy your day. Um, And I've always like, you know what? No, it's not going to affect me. But then I'm like thinking about it like three hours later. But uh, I think it's, so I've tried to like make those like, you know what? I'm going to put social media down for a bit. I'm going to go outside for a walk. I'm going to try to do something like hang out with some of my friends like mm-hmm. in real life. But um, I think it's always been this whole like it, it, it because it is a reoccurring thing. It's just at sometimes like I just had like 
three hours of sleep last night. I was on back-to-back shoots for a whole month. Like I'm really tired. And sometimes at the wrong time, I just see it. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't well, want to deal think, with this. I think if social media <laughs> yeah. didn't exist, yeah. it would be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Being that it exists, it we allow this doorway mm-hmm. into our lives mm-hmm. and some people really enjoy making someone else unhappy. I can tell you, I received an email on my personal Facebook, which it's very hard to even find my personal <laughs> Facebook because I, it's my personal Facebook yeah. and I don't want, um, I want privacy with my friends mm-hmm. and family. And this woman emails me and says, and this just annoys me. Okay. This just, it annoys me. I don't carry it that much, but enough that I've like thought about a few Mm -hmm. times. It doesn't really warrant a response. And I'm just trying to pull it up right now. You shouldn't be gay because I'm so attracted to you, LOL. But if you weren't, you'd have women flocking you. (laughs) Anyway, you're such an attractive man. I enjoy listening to you. Blessings always. But part of me still gets irritated because I don't know what to say. But I also know that giving that energy or giving that life or Mm -hmm. entering that conversation, Mm -hmm. those aren't really my people. Yeah. Unless they can say, sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned that. So people that are critical aren't, a part of our tribe. Mm-hmm. Those probably aren't the people that are going to buy your music. Mm-hmm. They're not going to buy your merch. Yeah. And they're kind of these ghosts that float around. Yeah. And I find that it's empowering to block them. Mm. I love a good block. <laughs> I you do blockaroni and cheese for dinner. <laughs> I think it's a, uh, if if I don't want you on my page, get off my page. Yeah. And it's fun. And to me, over time, I get less and less yeah. of that noise. Yeah. But it seems like in your career, so much of you is your brand, your identity, your music. Yeah. And it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to navigate feeling good about yourself through that yeah would you say yeah because again it's like i i think i just want to please i'm a people pleaser and uh i think it's just due to the fact that being bullied like as a kid like i wanted to make friends so it's not like like i i'm coming to peace with it it's like if you don't like me that's fine i don't need to like you either Like, I don't need to get to know you. I don't need to waste my energy on you. Like, and as you said before, like people that are intentionally trying to hurt me and sabotage me or whatever, like, I think what annoys me is like, why are you wasting your time doing that? But then again, it's your time. But I don't know. Like, I think what really hurts me the most is that like, yeah, my business is me. It's my face. It's my, you know my my home or whatever my dog you know it's like it's whatever but what people don't realize is that you know i like what people spew out like i don't know it kind of just trickles down into like my team 
my the people that I hire. Like it's like it affects other people. Um, I remember there's this trolling thing that was going on. It it annoyed me a lot, and I finally spoke up about it because it just like it happened so many times that people were blaming me for random things that would happen on the internet, and it would just kind of flood my page. And I was like, what happens is that like later on in business is that if people catch on that this is like constantly happening, mm. like you're affecting like not only my ability to work and have a living, but my team to also make money. And I'm trying to support my team. And I think that's what pissed me off the most is that like, if it's something I did wrong, like I, I, okay, I screwed up. I will, I need it. I need to like self-reflect. I need to change um, some things internally and figure out like what I did wrong and try to do better. But if it's like trolling and people actually like trying to stir up something when there is nothing to stir up, I'm just like, like, I'm so happy that those people are like, not in front. I would just be like, I want to say something, but I, it's can you just, say what you did or no, it was just like, like, um, I think at the time, um, somebody like a group disbanded. It was like something that's not related to me at all. Or somebody's dating news broke out and they'd be like, it's my fault. Um, I remember at one point that I heard it was, a, this is, this is actually now really funny. Somebody tried, uh, to, uh, they, they posted on Twitter that, uh, and tagged, uh, Uber that I was a driver for them that I was drunk and that I was like being like, like being, I don't know, just being really, really just not a good driver and mm. saying a bunch of bad things and Uber tweeted back at them. And it's like, so it became this thing like Uber, I do not drive for you. Please do not take this person. Like just, please don't like, I don't drive for you. I've never driven for you. I, That's you know, oh it's just God. like, okay. you want to drag. It's like in, you're involving third parties that like these people are trying to do their jobs and actually trying to give service to people that are actually like maybe had a bad experience or had a bad driver or had a bad rider. Like, you know, like you're affecting people that aren't involved. Why would you spend time really trying to like waste people's time, you know? And there's, mm -hmm. there's only, there's only so much time in this life that we have. Like, why not try to, you know, do positive things and do things that will help each other. And if we do make mistakes, let's learn from them, you know? Yeah. I find you just, the solution is cutting it out. Yeah. Completely quickly. And, and not giving it any energy because it's not yeah. worth your energy and not all humans uh, treat others the same as we know. Yeah. And unless it helps your career, mm -hmm. unless the trolling helps your career, which certain careers are, are mm -hmm. built up by trolling. Tony and I have been dragged plenty of times mm -hmm. on social media. Tony's a, a influencer has a big following. And I will say though, it feels good though. What does? Like, at first, like, mind you, I've never really gotten hate on social media. You but did. recently, you did. recently, no, I'm saying within like the past like week, they've <laughs> been coming for me. Um, I posted a video with these older men that are like in their 60s and mm -hmm. 70s, um, older gay men. Oh, we all did a video together. Yeah, we did a video together and we just said, um, I just said, I'm gay and I'm proud. And the yeah. next guy said, I'm gay and I'm happy. Like, we just all went along and we just posted a video saying we're, we're gay and we're happy. 
people were coming for me. I don't know if my, my TikTok made it like on the Christian mingle, like Christian <laughs> side, but they were coming for me. Like they were like, you're going to hell. You're going to burn. Like mm-hmm. all of you are, are, you know, repent now and ask God for forgiveness. And I was like, it came in so hot, like 50 comments. Like they were just coming yeah. in hot. And I was like, you know what? I got time today. I was like, I don't <laughs> ever respond to people. I yeah. don't, but I don't know. They, they were, it was just one after another. But, yeah. And so I, I, I just decided, you know, to give my little two cents in and it felt good. But there's no consequence to getting your two cents in. Like I not really, there's no consequence Mm-mm. on your end. I've had it where people have made up things about me and then gone yeah. on Amazon and given horrible reviews to books that I've written rated our treatment center, yeah. very low. They pack up. Yeah. And if you're, on the outside, you don't know all these inner workings yeah. that are at hand. And so when it starts to affect your bag for sure, or your, your money yeah. and it's unfair. Yeah. It, it feels violating. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's true. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it can't, it technically can't affect me by all these people just going, you know what, let's just report his page. And that can, yeah. That, I mean, let me not throw that out there. <laughs> I'm giving them a little <laughs> tip. No, that technically can be it. But I mean, yet again, when I responded, I responded very, um, very sarcastically. Mm. She was sarcastic in her comments back. She was very sarcastic. I like to sometimes refer myself as a she. Mm. So well, do you know? She, is that a new thing? She, Mike, what do you mean? Is I mean, that a that new comes, thing? that's a rare thing. Uh, it's it's um, in my community sometimes my friends a lot and I we like to you know yeah. oh she's feeling fierce oh she looks good like I don't know that's just yeah. us but we're okay with it at one point I wasn't okay with being called a she I was like don't call me that that's not me I'm not I'm a, at first but I realized I'm like you know what I don't mind it but that's because I don't mind it and mm-hmm. I've stated that I don't mind it versus you've never stated that you don't mind being called a boy and yeah. that's not okay. Yeah. Like that's not, you've never referred to yourself as he, mm. nor have you ever gave that green light on social media saying, Hey, I'm okay with being a he. Mm. Like that's one thing is that people need to understand. Like but if the, someone the doesn't get it the side, clear. The flip side is, is there a way to make it actually fun? That is true. So the interesting thing is oh. if someone called you a she, why are you looking at me like because that? Because I'm like, Oh my God, could you imagine a music <laughs> video? And like, She's playing a boy and then she's also playing a girl, but you're like, you're, it's kind of like the, the lady Gaga where she, um, was that character for a while? Yeah. Yeah. Where she played the, uh, the, the prison and they're like, oh, like they made fun of it. Like, oh, she doesn't have a, well, that's why I was saying, are there any benefits? Cause if you lean into it, if see the thing is, if you were to lean into the art of it or the fun of it, Mm -hmm. but not because of the hate, but because of like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get creative. Mm. It could be fun. True. But if you can't let go, yeah, there's no art in it, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like there's that. Th- yeah, I just wonder. Like, let's do an exercise. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try yeah. this out with you. So, let's say, and I'm not saying this out of. I'm. I just want to try this out, and there's just there's no me going. None of this is like disregarding pronouns and gender and all that. But let's say you were going to play with that concept. Mm -hmm. Boy, right. Mm -hmm. In your art, if it was fun for you, what would it look like? Hmm. 
I don't know. I never, I see, I never had time to think about these things. If I, if I, because it's been uncomfortable because it's, you've given permission to people yeah. that never were in the arena. Yeah. Right. But you're, you've admitted I'm androgynous and I can float and I like to wear whatever. Like if you mm-hmm. wanted to do your version of it where you felt like this is kind of fun. Hmm. I don't know. I think I'd be like, I think I'd be an asshole. <laughs> an asshole dude. I know. I just, I think I would want to be an asshole. Um, no, I like, I like it. I want it. to be an uh-huh. asshole. So what does that look like being an asshole? I don't know. I just be all like, like, fuck you. <laughs> like a mean dude. I, I want to be mean. Like, cause I, cause like, as like, even me right now, like I, I think I have a lot of things to say, but if it was like a, an alter ego, mm-hmm. I would, I would let that alter ego unleash. Yeah. I just wrote a script. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and it's a treatment, it's gained a lot of momentum and yeah. it's, it's, it's a big deal in my life. It's everything I want to say about the life coaching industry, mm-hmm. but I can't, mm. I can't because it's not, it doesn't actually help people. And yeah. it's funny, yeah. right? Like, but it's an outlet Yeah. because, because like, that's not what people, people come to me for advice, wisdom, coaching, fun. Mm-hmm. They're not coming to listen to me because yeah. they want to know, uh, you know, why this or that is kind of funky. Right. Yeah. But so, okay. Asshole dude would be the alter ego. I think my alter ego is my alter ego. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an asshole. No, I'm not an asshole. I'm just blunt because blunt. I, I don't know. I would just call, I would call things out. Cause I think what, uh, the reason why I would be more outspoken, I don't know, maybe not, it's not asshole. It's just like, I'd be blunt, I like blunt. I, I like blunt, blunt and outspoken because I think because of me growing up in the industry since I was young and being in the, being in a group and like kind of not having like most freedom to do and say things. Mm. It's like the things that I would have wanted to do and like wanted to like say to people um, like things that like, you know, like there's certain things that like, you know, legally I can't say. So it's like, okay, like I would just be like the one that just doesn't give a fuck. And like, I would still be, but I would still stand up for the, the the underdog, you know, like I, I would still be all like, I would still be calling out like, dude, you shouldn't be doing this. This kind of shit is kind of fucked up. I would say all that, but I think it'd just be like, I think I'm always so, cause like, you know, right now with social media, everything's every, everything's like, sensitive. it's very sensitive. Cause I, I don't know why I could see, cause I was watching some of your interviews where you're talking about like the beauty standards in K-pop yeah. with men versus women. Yeah. And like. I don't know. I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, you probably could put an amazing piece of content together yeah. doing both sides and yeah. showing that literally uh, you just flip the script and suddenly it's it's a certain type of way. Or it could be a music. But let's just let's keep leaning into it. All right. Yeah. Let's just lean in. OK, what's the, the alter ego's name? Hmm. This is fun. <laughs> Wait, did you say you had a book about this? Like I do. You, you kind of like made yourself. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So I'm having fun. Hold on. So my alter ego. Okay. Randy. Randy. <laughs> Randy. Hey. Okay. I like that name. I like that. <laughs> okay, Randy. <laughs> and what could you do creatively with Randy that's in your like Rolodex of what you have going on in your life right now? Like how could, when or how could Randy make an appearance? Hmm. Like, like, like realistically? Yeah. Hmm. Well, definitely on like film sets. 
Like I'm a lot more, I'm a lot more communicative on, on sets because I'm either the artist or the director. So I'm always just like, I don't know what I want. And I'll tell people like, this is what I, I'm not like, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a dick about anything. No, no. What I'm saying, what I'm oh. saying is stay with me on this. Okay. What I'm saying is, has there ever been someone in K-pop mm-hmm. in a music video who played the male and the female? I'm pretty sure there is nothing on the top of my head at the moment. Not that memorable or iconic. If it was, then it would have been viral. It would have been on your head. Like he brought up Lady Gaga, like, like, because it was a moment, right? No one's ever done that in K-pop that we know of. I, 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 nothing on the top of my head. Like I'm, I'm really bad at remembering. I got, okay. But not on top of our head, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's top of my head. So. If, because to me, sometimes when stuff really bothers us, we need to create a creative outlet Mm -hmm. to speak to it the way we want to speak to it. Mm -hmm. And when we can do that, especially with art, that's the benefit of being an artist is we can take pain, we can take annoyance, Mm -hmm. we can take hypocrisy, and we can put it in art. Mm -hmm. And we can tell the story the way we want to tell a story, how we want to tell a story. And I just think that if... This is my opinion. Now, the the challenge is, I feel like, like if 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 we were if our roles were reversed, mm-hmm. and uh, because I haven't been called a woman my whole life, you know, on and off by haters, and you haven't either, right? So for us, it's very much like, oh, cool, I could go do a creative, and I'll be like Mike and Dolly, you know, and I'll just bust it out because mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with my own. I don't give it like, yeah, whatever. Right. And you probably could do yeah. the same. Right. Oh, she'd be fierce. Yeah, she'd be fierce. She'd be fierce. <laughs> and then Amber, because of the hate or mm-hmm. insults mm-hmm. is like, no, you're not going to I'm not going to go there a little bit. Right. Like, yeah. meaning like, like, it's almost like um, you're pain around it mm-hmm. which i believe would be gone if you did something like this yeah mm-hmm. i actually think it would go away as uncomfortable it is mm-hmm. to do it because if you could create art that represents all this stuff because i don't think it's just going to go away by changing mindset yeah okay your talent you're always going to be out there and people are always going to say this mm-hmm Right. Yeah. People are going to call you. People are still going to call you a boy probably five years from now. Right. Yeah. Probably. So it's going to exist and we don't want to give them any power. Yeah. And we don't want to be jaded over it. So then you go, okay, well, what are the different ways that you could get power around this? Mm-hmm. What is a way that you could get power around this? And, and one way is it's taking action yeah. and it's creating. Mm. It, it doesn't feel good at first, but if you can create around whatever this is, I'm just throwing out like, yeah. oh, if you did a music video, you did this and you said what you wanted to say, mm-hmm. I feel like there would be no one better to speak to it in your own way yeah. than you. Hmm. And I feel like it would be big. Yeah. Because you, it's your own story around yeah. it. It's not... And plus, a lot of those people would feel stupid. Stupid. I'm not like, gonna what lie. Are they gonna do? What like, are they gonna oh, do after wait. that? What What would yeah. someone do? You have all the power. Oh. You, because you you owned it. You did what you wanted to do around it in your own way. Mm-hmm. And 
it's just like when someone really bothers me about something, I sit back and I go, okay, this is bothering me. And I'll actually put the exercise of how to work through it in my book, mm-hmm. in the books I write. Oh. I take the pain and suffering and struggle or past circumstances yeah. because it's an opportunity to shift it a little bit. Yeah. And this thing I'm telling you is something that I believe would create a lot of freedom for you mm. without insulting people, you know, without mm-hmm. being mean. Facts. Do you get what I'm saying, I Tony? Do, Mike, I love the fact because when she first brought up the fact that people are confusing her for a he, I was like, damn, that must suck because it's like you you can't break out of that because you're not all of a sudden going to start changing what you're wearing. Yeah, you're what are you going to do? All of a sudden, you're, you're going to start be- switching it up. But like yeah. the yeah. fact that you can do that, like instantly when you said that, I was like, another example that I'm going to just bring up really mm-hmm. quick because I just watched it is Nicki Minaj. One of her music mm-hmm. videos back in the day, she plays another character. She plays a princess and she plays this character named Roman, which mm-hmm. I love the fact that she can put it in music, switch up her voice. She, you know, she goes yeah. from talking, you know, nice and pretty and then to like Roman. Yeah. And I love that because it's like, holy shit, like people painted her out as like, not, not the devil, but they painted her out as a bad woman. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay, cool. You want the bad woman? I'm, I'm going to give you the bad, bad woman. woman. And yeah. I loved it because she, she made a song. She made music with it and it was like creative. Like yeah. I can see, I can see uh, Ryan, you know, in a suit. Randy. R- oh, Randy. Randy, Sorry, Randy. Randy. <laughs> Ryan. I can see Randy in a suit, like buttoned up to the T <laughs> with like a little mustache. Like, yeah. I don't know why I can see it. And people would be like, wait, oh, well that definitely is a, wait, what, what's going on? Like you yeah. would confuse people. But also it's it's something that's never really fully been done. Like yeah. I feel like leaning into your androgyny is dope. Like yeah. I think it's the coolest thing. Like I think it's to be honest, it's like when, you know, before you came on and you were like, Oh, how why how did you reach out or how did we end up yeah. doing this? Is because I looked at your stuff and I was like, Oh, she's interesting. <laughs> I'm like, she's she's got a cool vibe, like she yeah. feels different and is to me, it seemed like uh, being yourself. I think, however, this category, people aren't going to be any nicer online. Yeah. And so it's how do you get your power back in a way yeah. where it just tidal waves it? I think like I like it's it's like I'm like I'm like trying to process everything because I just like it. It's true. Like I, I've realized that kind of people just because they expected me to like, like they think that I'm a guy. I try to like stray away from it or at least like kind of just be in like a comfortable where place where I'm not going too masculine. But then also like it's been recent that I've been actually like it's it was a gag that I used to wear dresses and skirts like on set because it was like people always want to see me in this stuff and I always like make that joke like they're like Amber why don't you wear a dress and one of my girlfriends will be like like yeah you should just wear dresses and I'm like nah bro you you be out of a job <laughs> if I wear a skirt because mm. my legs are killer and like I have learned to like kind of like be okay with my skin now in those ways but never in the masculine side I've never thought of that the vibe as I'm talking to you and is I'm like, okay, she, she needs to own, she needs to own whoever she is and own this thing enough that yeah. it's irrelevant because other things people say about you mm-hmm. won't bother you. Mm. 
And and I'll admit, I will admit, when yeah. I first came on your profile, yeah. I was very like, okay, cool. She has a like she has a style, she has a swagger. And there was some confusion. But yeah, also that's fine. not a bad thing. That's a great thing. Yeah. Cause that also makes people question, like, wait, okay, like let me girl, I scroll down. I kept scrolling. I, I was like, she would be a cool friend. I'm like, she's a cool she would be a cool friend because she's yeah. like different. Different, which I love different. Somebody was like, oh my God, you need to be more normal. I'm like, who? It's so boring. What's normal? There is no normal now. Exactly. But I love the fact that I'm like, I was very curious. I was like, let me just, I kept, (laughs) I went deep in there. It was good. But I like the fact that you can take that and, you know, run with it. It's like, all right, cool. Like it's going to spark conversation. I've always been like, cause like out getting out of like, cause I grew up in the industry and I recently just kind of like left it. And I'm, I've had this, uh, like, like the, the kind of like taking back my life type of thing. Cause I didn't know how to do, I didn't like really know how to do my taxes. I didn't know what taxes were. I was like, uh, just yeah. my, my parents would do everything for me. And then now I'm doing it by myself. And like, I didn't, I don't know. I don't know what retirement funds are. I know any, I don't know about a lot of these things. I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't kids look into your 401ks and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, um, I didn't know how to buy a plane ticket for the longest time. And like, I, I just felt so stupid because I was, I lived in this, like, I want to say this in this shell. Um, I felt like I was in a shell and I couldn't break out of it. And then I was suddenly just let out of it because I left my label that, um, it's kind of like, um, I was being told who I was or who to be or everything. Now it's just like, I can be whoever I want. And I'm kind of scared. That's at a lot of points. Like, I have too much power now. And it's not that like, like I'll know I'm learning to say and communicate what I like and what I don't like and when I'm uncomfortable. Like, um, I recently was just like, yeah, I don't like it when there's a lot of people in the studio. Cause I, I want to just vibe with me and the engineer and me and the producer and just be really comfortable and be able to like crack my voice and like take bad takes. But then when there's all these people around, I'm just like, like I'm always nervous and I'm always scared of that because like I've, I've had like to in the past record one line over and over again for hours because I couldn't get my pronunciation right. And I've had like, um, people just being like, why is your pronunciation bad? Like, why is this bad? Like, you know, so I've like have like a lot of like things where I'm like uncomfortable and I'm like trying to like create that safe space for myself, especially when I'm working. Cause now that, as you said, like my, my music, everything is about me. Like my music is about me. My persona is everything's about me. I'm not trying to, pu- I'm not trying to put up a front anymore. Um, but with that, it's like, I know that I'm doing a lot of growing up too. Um, and I'm just like, kind of now that I'm almost 30, I'm like learning new things that were like, again, very basic to some, some people mm-hmm. it's like embarrassing too. Like, um, and I, I felt that embarrassment for a while, but now it's like, yeah, guys, I don't know how to, like, did you guys, it's tax day soon. Like my first last, like last year was my first time voting. I didn't know how to do that either. Um, I don't know how to do jury duty. I was like, oh, jury duty. Cool. <laughs> um, I don't know how to do this, but it's like, I, I feel kind of like, like I'm being a kid now because I wasn't, be, I wasn't able to be a kid back then. And I wasn't mm-hmm. able to make the mistakes. I wasn't able to like, um, cause my whole life was on camera. Like, like, oh, can I say this? Can I not say this? Like, like earlier, like, oh, should I cuss? Like, I don't like now it's recent that I like cussing. No, like, I mean, look, there's always so going to be, there's always a filter of which yeah. 
depending on, you know, what genre you are in and what countries mm -hmm. and what, look, there's always going to be a filter and no one's ever going to say everything that's on their mind. Otherwise mm -hmm. it can just be inappropriate yeah, because it's, course. it can become impulsive. And, and I think it's an exciting opportunity for you to be able to be yourself in mm -hmm. whatever that means for you. Um, and I would just highly encourage you to lean into the things that have been sources of pain mm -hmm. and create, you can create art out of pain. That's happy. Mm. It doesn't mean you create art out of pain. That's a painful creation. Yeah. It starts off and then you start to heal around it and you start to feel better and better yeah. about it. Right. So mm -hmm. it's, um, but look, I, I'm the type of guy where I'm like, go for it, you know, like, get yeah, it go going. For it. how does, uh, and I know I kind of like went there with you in this, topic it was interesting is it uncomfortable I no I, it, it's like it's uncomfortably comfortable it's like i i don't know like uh i i have a lot of ideas <laughs> you do and like and like i'm like thinking back to all the times that like people have like made fun of me or bullied me or just like attacked me for stuff and i'm just kind of like ooh. <laughs> yeah, like I worked with this artist and they were getting destroyed on Twitter. And then they did a big performance on a, a music show. Mm -hmm. And I, we had them sitting in the audience. And then up on the big screen were all the mean tweets, all the nastiness. Oh, wow. And the song was about like owning yourself. Mm -hmm. And it, people love it because yeah. it's like tells a story. And that was that version. I mean, everyone has their own creative version, mm -hmm. but I, I wonder if, um, I'm hoping for you that you can get your power around this and yeah. not, um, shy away mm -hmm. from something that people actually love, because I imagine more people love you, uh, for being yourself or as you said, androgynous than don't love you. Mm. So the more you lean into the yeah. aspects of yourself. Yeah. The more everyone feels it. Oh, it's fun. I like it when Tony says she she's fierce. <laughs> yes. You did say that you were um that you're kind of like afraid yeah. to kind of like figure out like who you are. Like, you yeah. know, you have all this time, Mike. What would you say to anybody who's in a situation like that where they're afraid to kind of like discover discover themselves or see what they like or what they don't like well, the, the most important thing is surround yourself with people that support it you know mm -hmm. like bring people together because we often feel like we're doing it alone mm -hmm. and uh, especially for like single or even when people are in relationship it's like um bringing people around and allowing other people to help you like people want to help other people it's like when anyone calls us and asks for a piece of advice or what are your thoughts about this? Everyone loves to help people. It's when it's favors. That's mm. when it starts to get uncomfortable because mm. it's making someone really have to work hard, right? Like, Oh, I don't have a job and um, I really need to work. That's different than going, Hey, can you tell me about, you know, the florist industry, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that's very different because <laughs> you're on the journey of curiosity. So.
In the late 70s, a brotherhood of criminals lived by one unbreakable rule. Yeah, don't snitch. Those who did ended up in the ground. He had dirt under his fingernails like he had tried to dig his way out. And when their own kids turned on them, they would do anything and they didn't care who they had to kill. The Killing Month, August 1978, is the new podcast from WRAL. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you have any questions for me or anything else you wanted to kind of um, talk through? Uh, I have like so many now. Tell me. Ask me. <laughs> well, like, because it's like, it's, it, sh- it should be like, like when I, uh, when you get into spirals, I spiral a lot. Like, that's why, like, I think I'm also afraid to dig back deep into certain thoughts because I do start spiraling and um, I do have a history of panic attacks. <laughs> um, it's like. It's nothing like that I need medication for, um, fortunately, but it's more like be, do having dealing with like anxiety to a certain point and then learning to, I guess, trying to own who I am. Um, like, is there a way to like kind of balance it? But like, I know I kind of, I'm getting the feeling that it's kind of like training. The first couple of weeks are like hell. Cause you're trying to get your body back into. When was like, the last time you spiraled? Uh, like last night. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Over. I think it was over a comment that like, it was so stupid too. It was a small. What was the comment? Comment was about basically Amber is the root of all my problems in the world. It's like something, it was so like, it's not as like detailed or as like. But that caused you to spiral? It caused me to spiral. And what does that mean? So you read, read the comment and then what happens? I think well, it, take me through this okay. spiraling process. I think it, it, it just felt like it was like, no, I'm not. Like that person just probably has their own problems and just is like doing a bunch of stuff on social media. And then, it, then I thought like, oh man, but you know, I have made a lot of mistakes. I could hurt a lot of people. I have a lot of responsibilities. Um, like, you know, I'm a public figure, like a lot of kids look up to me. I don't think I'm the best role model. And then it kind of just went more into like, wow, like I have really good friends and family, but man, they have to like really just wait on me all the time. I'm like, oh, I'm such a bad daughter. I'm a bad friend. And then it kind of just went deeper and deeper into basically I'm nothing. (laughs) And then I was like, wait, that's not good. (laughs) And I think when it, I think I try to, it's like, I was, I think I haven't been to therapy in a while cause I just haven't had time, but, um, that's also thankful to, for you guys to reach out to me, but like, it's like, I would want to see that spiral. I, I guess, wouldn't like, say you haven't through. had time. I would say it hasn't gotten so bad mm. cause if it gets bad enough, you'll make time. Oh yeah. Right. It's true. So it's just. It yeah. hasn't been bad enough. It's there, but you're it's like, like, I feel like I'm on that teetering right, right now. Cause it's like right now work is getting so busy that I, I don't even have time to sleep. Like now these days, like I try to block out that one weekend to like sleep, but then it's again, my, my, like my mind is just polluted with work, 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 work. Right. So you spiraled over a negative comment that says you're the root of all their, like their problems, their problems. And then did you go enough to like, look at their page and no, cause I thought that, Oh, I did a little bit and it was just all memes. Okay. It was like positive stuff. And so it was like kind of weird. Um, and how long is, how long were you upset about it? I think good for a good, like three, four hours. Um, and what do you do during those three to four hours? Uh, I usually zone out. I think like, 
I'm just like thinking about it. And I try to probably like, I try to like clean and do laundry and uh, like take care of my dog for a little bit and like pet him, um, hold him for a bit. But then I think I just kept like, and then I was, I was holding my dog. I'm like, man, I just like, my, my dog is like, like the best dog in the world. And then like, he has to wait for me. Cause I like, when I leave the country, he's like, I'm gone for months. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm such a shit parent. You know, like I think, I think it always goes back to me, like thinking that I'm nothing. Mm -mm. And I think. And when did you first start thinking that? Oh, when I was like kid. Why? Uh, I think it's just like. Girls wouldn't want to play with me because I, I was too, I was weird. I, at that time I was, I wasn't actually very masculine. I was just actually like, I was very feminine. We had like school uniforms. I had, a dress. Uh -huh. I had a really nice, really pink bow. It was so cute. Um, and then guys didn't want to play with because I and I wanted to play sports. Um, so girls didn't want to play with me because I like because I was wanted I want to play with sports and they knew that I want I wanted to play with the boys. So they kind of just like alienated me. But then with the guys is because I was a girl that they kind of alienated me. So I was always just like I don't know where I belong. Mm -hmm. Um. Funny, funny story is like, um, you called coach Mike, right? Mm -hmm. I love coaches because the first person that believed in me was a coach. He was like, I think you're going to be a, a good player. Let me just try to help you. He would stay after school with me when I was like, I was like an elementary school kid. He would just like play basketball with me and like, like help me run laps and stuff. So like, there's like a thing with like coaches that help, like that mm -hmm. I feel like I think a sense of like security around because the first person that believed in me was a coach. Not your parents. No. Um, my parents, like, again, I don't blame them. And it's no, like, no, no, no. But I, yeah, yeah, just yeah, in yeah. terms of your own reality. I think my parents and I, we, I grew very distant from them. My dad was always working. Um, we did have our family vacations where we bonded and stuff, but uh, language barrier was a thing. And that's something why I wanted to promote in China was because I wanted to take that opportunity to also learn more Mandarin for my mom. I used to be able to. So do you think that part of you pursuing the career originally in K-pop, even though you did love it, was so that mom and dad were proud? Yeah, I think there was a sense of that as well. Because, and and they, and they I've spent a lot of time with them now. And like I just saw my mom yesterday, actually. And did you feel any better about yourself when you were doing it? I think I kind of felt like, it's like a... You belong. It's, it's, it's like a poison, like it's like my pleasure in poison where I love this industry so much. I love performing. I love creating art. I love vibing with other creatives. And like, you know, every, every session is kind of like a therapy session as well. Mm -hmm. Kind of, we're just talking about our problems. Like, oh my gosh, you got fucked over. I got fucked over. Like, dude, like remember on set, do you hate this? Like, yeah, I hate this. And then, oh man, like, do you hate like when this happens? So it becomes like a, a therapy session, but then it's also like, I'm just so tired too, like from back to back shoots and like, you know, like, like I, I don't, I don't think I can't expect every set or every job to be the most perfect, but it's like, it like eats away my time too, where I, I'm like thinking about the next concept. And then it's like 4am, 5am. And I'm like, Oh shoot, I have to wake up for another shoot in like three hours. But like, it's like that again, work-life balance that I can't seem to get because most ideas well, come think, at night. Yeah. I mean, to me, I mean, everything starts when we're younger with 
our first experiences of pleasure and pain and acceptance and rejection and belonging and being loved or being rejected mm-hmm. or what and a lot of that is our perception mm-hmm. at the time we feelings aren't facts mm-hmm. even though they feel yeah. like it and we don't realize they're not facts until we either get older or we mature and we're able to look at our feelings and then reprogram kind of our thoughts around mm-hmm. what is going on around us and you know those feelings that come up for you aren't founded in truth mm-hmm. they're they're founded on uh someone who you don't love and you respect or know yeah and them giving you a comment so that somehow you can take that and start your spiral mm-hmm. of feeling worthless or not enough or lost. And it's proof in your brain that, aha, mm. just when you thought Amber, you were getting out of this, this, um, you know, fake, reality where you th- you know people do love you aha here's a clue uh-oh and then you start spiraling down mm-hmm. right and if you're saying this has been going on for most of your life different at different times they can mask the pain mm-hmm. success can mask pain being beloved can mask yeah. pain but it's how do we feel good about ourselves overall like it's we're all like in this podcast called always evolving because we're always mm-hmm. evolving. Yeah. And I think that, uh, this area for you of not, you have two options really three of, yeah. of not feeling good enough or feeling lost you either. And, and I would suggest all the combos of them. <laughs> One is, you know, you can always go to therapy and talk to someone because yeah. our, the committee in our head doesn't match yeah. the reality often. And and it's yeah. helpful just to talk about it. The other is to put it in your art, which that's the part that I'm not clear at, or I don't have sufficient yeah. understanding of how you're applying it to your art. Mm-hmm. And that's the other opportunity for healing is applying it to your art. Mm-hmm. Or you just go, I'm out of the game because I don't want to deal with, with any, any yeah. of this, right? It's just too much of a headache and people do that too, right? Mm-hmm. They just go, I'm out, I can't, I can't do it. And so, you know, part of making something go in your art is not thinking about what are other people going to think, which will be very hard for you. Yeah. Because. I'm very, like, yeah. You, I'm very conscious about. I think it's because like, I recently learned that like, there's like, like, I'm an empath and I, cause I actually like really do feel emotion from people when people are really hostile. I'm, I feel everything. Um, and, uh, cause like a couple, like couple friends that were like, not, that don't know each other were saying that to me. I'm like, are you, they're like, you're an empath. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like you're, you're not, you're, you're not the happiest right now. She's like, how do you know that? I'm like, cause I feel it. And I was like, like, I don't know, like I'm learning these words now and I'm just trying to like understand myself more. And I do, um, 
my team was saying that to me too. It's like, how do I take all these emotions and like the emotions that aren't even mine that I feel and put it into my art. Um, and I am trying to learn not to care. You know what you should do? You're going to be in what China and like a week you're traveling. Yeah. So we at cast just launched a program called next step, right? It's a coaching program. Mm -hmm. It's small. There's like five or six people in it. It's a phone call once a week. And it's a group call once a week. Mm -hmm. And on the group call, it's all, it, it's all people talking about what's, it's all private. No one yeah. knows what's going on, but, um, and I can talk to you after this yeah. about it, but I think it would, it would help you. You could do it on the road. Mm -hmm. The people I know who are going to be there, like you'll feel comfortable yeah. And that way there's a structure of your mental health Yeah. because once you get on the road, it's, yeah, impossible, it's impossible to put mental health first. Yeah. And so in terms of that mental health bucket, I'd love to help you navigate that yeah. a little bit. If you let me, um, you know, Take the you, reins. Just, you just met me. So, yeah. but I'm more than happy yeah. to, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of viewing this, like, what would I do if I, yeah. I'm just mean you and I want to help you and I'm a helper. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, here's one thing. Um, the other is, and this would be a management, uh, question yeah. because I don't want to interfere yeah. with management, but, um, I would highly suggest that you sit down with someone with the intention creatively of it being about how you want to address all the stuff that's made you jaded yeah. and how do you creatively package it? Yeah. And what would that look like for you yeah. authentically? I would highly suggest that because I think it's going to prevent burnout. You're going to feel mm. better about yourself. And it's an opportunity where the blessing of being an artist is you can do that in your art. Yeah. If you're working a nine to five job, I mean, how the hell are you going yeah. to put creatively when you're working a front mm -hmm. desk into uh, not feeling good enough yeah. or like feeling lost, right? Like for all you know, you could creatively figure out you do your own version of where's Waldo. Mm -hmm. Remember Waldo? Yeah. With all the, where, where's Waldo? Yeah. And you look at the image, you could do a whole creative campaign with that, you know, where yeah. it's like, it's like, where's Amber? Whatever it is, but just to tap yeah. into and make it fun for you. Because mm -hmm. the committee, if you don't, it's like a dinner table and there's like 10 people at the dinner table, yeah. right? And they all have the voices. And over time, especially when you get on the road and it's stress and work and it gets exhausting is the committee starts to get nasty towards you. Mm. You know, they, it goes from being a beautiful buffet to you're eating spam and eggs and yeah. it's a, you know, <laughs> with your fingers. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the thing is I would highly suggest that I think that, um, who knows what that looks like for you, but intentionally going, I'm going to intentionally have a creative meeting just around, the stuff that annoys me and bothers me. Yeah. Or makes me feel less than. Yeah. Hmm. I can't wait to see it come to life. If she doesn't, no. but I say some people I, I sit down with and they'll be like, mm-hmm, that sounds good. No. And I then they're like, I'm not going there, right? So everyone's different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't want to push yeah, you. Of course. Well, like I think when like as you said, like when we dig back, like as I, if, if I can dig back into my stuff and like, I can hopefully stop all the spirals. Like, is there a way to maybe like make it less painful though? Like, cause like, this is how, this is how you'll make it less painful. You'll do a coaching program and you'll start putting the pain in your art. Mm. 
If you put the pain in your art, you'll get power. Mm. And when the pain is coming from not feeling empowered. Mm. I think I've been just, there are a couple times where I think I have worked. I, 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 I do have a lot of songs and I do write about a lot of things. And I think the ones that always like, you know, some, some songs don't make it on the album. Yeah, of course. And I always have those just like tucked away, but I really just do want to like come out with a big, like, like F y'all <laughs> type of thing. Cause like, I don't know. I, I don't, I want to, I don't know why people perceive me in a way where it's like, I'm not a human being as well. They don't, no, yeah. no, and they don't, don't, but they don't, they know what I'm saying is people yeah. do perceive you as a human yeah. being. We perceive you as a human being. Yeah. The people that you love perceive you as a human being. But not the people that you're talking about a sect of people where you've lost understand. a bit of yourself. Yeah. And so you got to get it back mm -hmm. to where you're owning yourself and feeling secure. Mm -hmm. You're never going to figure out these people. No. Right. Yeah. Like, and, but you can figure out what you do. Mm -hmm. And if you're proactive, it's not one of those things where we change, we change through action. We don't change through just sitting back and saying yes. Yeah. Like we change through action and you have the opportunity in your career to take action and to push bounds. Mm -hmm. And I think like, um, community also helps with feeling like you can talk about like you spiraling over someone saying that to yeah. you tells me that you can be fragile yeah with your own um emotional regulation yeah and all but that just speaks to the need to feel more empowered Mm -hmm. And how do you feel more empowered? Well, you do the work, mm. you know, it's like, we don't learn this stuff until it becomes a crisis. It's just mm -hmm. like when you said, yeah, you know, I was thinking of going back to therapy, but I don't have time. No, it was priority number 64. Mm -hmm. You know, there was work, there was this, <laughs> there's this, it's the truth, right? Like, yeah. and what happens is we don't end up going there until we go through an, a lot of pain or we have mm -hmm. consequences mm -hmm. and we do something we wish we never did. Yeah. And so this is really about like going, all right, let's get off on this stop. Let's put some, some things in action. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, if you, if you like, I would love to sit down with you again in like two months or three months Yeah. and just to check in, because I feel like if I put this plan in place for you, I, mm -hmm. It's going to work if, if you just let go a little bit. I know I'm a stranger, but no, 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 it's, it's like, I, I get it. Like it gotta, it's hard to let go <laughs> trust issues and like, uh, but yeah. it's like, uh, I think that's something that my, like my management, uh, like one of my really good mentors has taught me is that like, um, like you will only get how much you like, like let learn to let go kind mm -hmm. of. So I'm trying then. Now that I'm trying to make time to think about things um, or things like how, like, like for like a whole week, I'm like really busy. Right. And then there's nothing I can do to analyze. I'm just like so tired and I just like want to go home. I probably like talk with a couple friends and then 
um, go to sleep and go to, go to the next work day. Mm. And then it, it ha- constantly happens. And then when the one day that I have, I'm like, did I have a good week? How no, what you could do is you could get a journal. Mm-hmm. Every night you could review the day. You got mm-hmm. five, 10 minutes before you pass out on, on your bed. Five minutes, you know, while you're winding down instead of looking at whatever, or looking mm-hmm. at comments, yeah. right? And you write out, what are you proud of for today? What, um, do you owe any amends? Is there anything, yeah. is there any moments that felt kind of awkward? Mm-hmm. And I find that doing it the day of leads to the moment of, but mm-hmm. doing it the week of just, it's like, yeah. it's a tough, um, it's almost like you're having to do a deep dive. Yeah. Cause oh, I can't remember what I did two days ago. You know, it's like, <laughs> I you, can't either, <laughs> yeah. you know, so getting, getting a practice of like wellness in your life, it's like, okay, well, how are you putting in mental health in your mental health as a priority every day, mm. not once a week, every yeah. day. And there's simple things like, how are you starting your day and write a gratitude list and yeah. how do you end your day? But a journal, you're a writer, you know, you write yeah. songs, you know, just use the back end of the journal for, uh, of the, uh, you know, yeah. front for the songs and the back is for the journal. And who knows, maybe your journal ends up becoming a song. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like you reflecting on your day and then also, you know, it's, it's talking about it with other people. Mm-hmm. And being honest, it's like when you know that you're going into a spiral, you call someone immediately, like your manager or someone you yeah. trust in your life. You're like, all right, I'm spiraling. And they're like, okay, what? They're like, all right, this happened. And literally, yeah. people want to help you. Yeah. And even if it feels petty or silly, people actually want to help you. But my guess is you're, I don't know you, but my guess is you're not in the moment going, all right, let me give someone a call and talk to them about this. Yeah. yeah no. If, if we were close friends and you sent that to me, like, oh my God, this is bothering me. I would have been like, girl, oh my God, that's not, <laughs> e- they're not even worth the time. Like they're just misery loves yeah. company. Like people are going to, it's just, it's not even worth like yeah. giving it attention. Yeah. Like stuff like that. I'm like, bypass it, it. It's so weird. Cause sometimes I can be very like, like, I can switch it on. Like I can Mm -hmm. be just like, you know what? But it's like, there's, there's certain times I think when, when I am fragile, like when I am sensitive, especially like when I am tired from work that like, I just will be sent in one that just won't stop for sometimes for days. But yesterday was luckily, I think a really short one. Yeah. But you probably talk about after the fact, not during the fact. Mm. So it's like, yeah. how did to get yourself to start talking about it when it's going on, going on? Okay. not after, because uh-huh. you can probably, you've probably been trained through even what you were doing at a young age, yeah. not to show it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so it's, it's probably really uncomfortable, but once again, once you get from day to hour mm-hmm. to moment, like we're all here helping each other and people, you rob people of the opportunity to love you by mm-hmm. not sharing with them what's going on for you yeah. in the moment, you know, and we all, and the thing is it's relatable, you know, mm-hmm. even someone like me as a coach, like I have moments, I go through it. Mm-hmm. I have to call people. I have to still go to therapy when I'm really struggling. It's just the nature of life. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, it's so life's hard, life's you know? hard. <laughs> but I, yeah. I appreciate you coming and sitting yeah, down of with course. me. Thank you so much. Um, 
And uh, where can everyone find you? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, AJOL underscore llama. <laughs> is that on Twitter? <laughs> Twitter and Instagram, yeah. I- Instagram is what? Underscore llama? AJOL underscore llama. <laughs> AJO underscore llama. All right. Well, yeah. I'll, I hope to sit down with you when you get back from Asia. When are you getting back? A long know. time, a long time. <laughs> You're for a while? I'll call you. We'll call, we'll talk. I'll call you. And thank All you right. for being vulnerable. No, yeah. no, thank, thank you, no, so thank much. you. Thank you for kind of letting me open up. You guys have a way of talking. <laughs> Just opens people up. <laughs> it's what we do. I'm like, this, you know? This is, yeah. All right, big group hug. Yes. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thank you. All right. This has been a Stage 29 podcast production. The podcast is executive produced by Patty Chiano, Laferne Cusack, and Stephanie Kaysen. Our audio editors are Jackson Ruff and Jonathan DeMatty. Callie Kelts is the social media producer. And a special thanks to the rest of our podcast crew, Rwani Horinigay, William Cusack, Lisa Clark, Katie Brown, and Morgan Kaler. The Always Evolving with Coach Mike Bear podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional, medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnoses, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professionals.